Man, thank you so much for joining us on the CCA California podcast. Good to be with you another week. I am joined by new co-host, Nate. What's going on, Nate? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for inviting me on again. I'm yeah. stoked to be here. First time on this side of the table. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, happy to see you. Welcome to the dark side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Before we get started, guys, make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram at CCA California. Make sure to, to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And today we've got, I've been stoked about this episode for a long time. Me too. Yeah. It's going to be a very interesting perspective. We've got Jonas, David, and Kenny from the Bait Barge, Everingham Bait Company. Mm-hmm. How are you guys? Good. Very good. Doing good. Well. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yep. Yes, thank you, you might want to put the uh, mic in uh, in your here. face there. Same with you, Jonas. <laughs> but how are you guys? I know uh, it's been a very busy season for all of us, you guys especially, but Overall, before we get started on background and everything, how has the season been going? It's been pretty good. It started off a little slow, I think, slower yeah. than last year. But these last couple of weeks have been st- uh, solid and steady. It's yeah. been good. Nice. At least at Mission Bay. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, there's Mission Bay, there's San Diego Bay, there's Dana Point, too. Yes. You guys cover pretty much all of those, right? Yes. Yeah. How? Uh, so is that because only because of the... Um, Really just because fishing got got slow or a, a much of a slow start and all that? I think so. Um, Demand kind of dipped a little bit. I think things got more expensive. People found less time to go out. But mm-hmm. I think these last couple of weeks, fishing has been really good. We've been seeing a lot more people on the weekends for sure. Hopefully it keeps up. Get a month or two out of it. Seems like same as last year when fishing got close is when it yeah. got a lot more busy for us, at least for the private mm-hmm. boaters. Yeah, I was going to ask, how has it been the last couple of weeks? Is like fishing has just been phenomenal. Yeah. It's, it's, it picked up a lot. September, we had our busiest couple of weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. It was almost, I mean, normally June, it's pretty heavy all the way through October, but it kind of started more like August and September was when it actually felt like summer started almost because totally. fish got closer. It was so, yeah. Fuel, fuel prices have a lot to do with it, I'm assuming. Also, weather. It was such a cold winter and spring, you know? Like, it never really warmed up till like, July. Like, last year, we had Dorado, I remember, in, like, June. And I'm sure for you guys, that is such a moneymaker. You know, all of that local fish that's easy to catch that, you know, you can take your little 22-foot boat out and get them. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, we're sort of starting to see some Dorado. I saw, like, a little pre-bite actually earlier today and, like, last, you know, uh, last week. But um, hopefully, you know, that kind of persists throughout. Um, I'm just kind of curious, how much, like, how many bay guys do you get? Like, is there a bunch of kayakers and, like, guys fishing the bay that come through? Like, does that kind of, does that do anything for you guys during the wintertime? Like, does that kind of persist throughout? Or how do you guys kind of maintain sales throughout kind of the slower time of year? Definitely at Mission Bay because you're right there. There's so many spots to launch. We get a lot of kayakers. Dana rents the blue skiffs. Mm -hmm. Um, We definitely see a lot more newcomers, uh, people that aren't really know maybe they rented the boat for the day or the kayak or whatever it's kind of neat um i i mean it definitely drops off once fishing's bad and this year you know kenny fishes off the barge and we've been getting barracuda and stuff but Mm -hmm. there's been years past it's like nonstop yellowfin croaker spotties everything no kidding this year it hasn't been like that so it's kind of like ho-hum for bay fishing and i'm just curious have you guys ever caught a striped bass off the bait barge that ever happened San Diego Bay, yeah. San Diego Bay? Yeah. Okay. Because I've hmm. heard of rumors of some guys on the bait barge getting some stripers. I don't know exactly where. I don't know if that was Oceanside or where, but... 
Probably Oceanside. Probably Oceanside. Yeah. I haven't heard of it. No. Okay. Luckily, no. <laughs> there you go. I have to ask. So, you know, this is kind of a, I don't know, an interesting question for me. What's the etiquette as far as fishing the barge? What do you guys prefer? What's the appropriate distance? What's, you know, what's the scoop on that? If you're somebody that's, I mean, most people just fish the barge for a little bit. And it's really not that much of a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're there for 30 minutes or whatever, the only thing is just be conscious of us. If a bait boat's coming, you need to like clear out of the way and we will let you know. We'll yell yeah. at you and tell you to, you got to go. That's probably the only circumstance or if a sport boat's coming to bait up mm-hmm. um, where we'll let you know that you got to move and like move quickly. Not like, oh, okay, you know, you know, pack, pack away the lunch kids. No, no, like, you need to go. <laughs> yeah, you go. Um, Hustle. But most of the time, it's not a problem, especially in the later part of the afternoon. Nothing's mm-hmm. really going on. The odds of a bait boat is pretty minimal. So mm-hmm. you could do it. We don't like you tying up. We don't like you walking on the barge. That's a big no-no. Mm-hmm. But if you want to fish, you know, relatively close, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely depends. Mission Bay, it's a little bit easier to kind of get away with that. If you're at San Diego, there's a lot more going on, a lot more sport boats in and out. That's not ideal, but a guy will tell you if you got to move. So Yeah. When, uh, David, with with you working on the boat and all that stuff, is there a typical schedule as to, you know, when when the bait boat's going to go or uh, come in versus not, or, or is it just kind of dependent on, uh, you know, that trip? So it depends on how much business we get for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely we're fishing at nighttime though. Mm-hmm. There's no schedule. No. If there's enough empties for us to fill, we will be out fishing. Hmm. Um, yeah. So if the needs there, we're right. fishing. If it's not there, we're doing boat work. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to kind of see, uh, just basically the whole process just from another boat and all that of a bait bar or a bait boat coming in, unloading and all that it's quite the production yeah yeah. it's it's a well-oiled machine (laughs) it definitely is because once we get the fish on the boat Mm -hmm. it's um you got to take care of them on the boat right make sure they're taken care of all the way to the unloading and then on their part they're taking care of stuff and it's not a one-man show by any means or like (laughs) oh this person needs to just do this everybody needs to work together mm-hmm. to keep the bait as well as possible even once the customer comes in and gets it on their boat they need to take certain steps to keep it well before they get out like don't mm-hmm. don't throw your bait in your boat and then just take off as fast as you can let it accumulate oh, um acclimate, there acclimate you go. thank yeah. you yeah so actually that kind of falls into a question i had so i i'm doing more fishing this year on private boats and, you know, whether that be rough weather or we're going out for a couple days, I was wondering, do you guys have any tips on, on prolonging the health of your bait? You know, does that kind of just, or does it depend on, on the initial state of it? Do you feed it at all or do you? No, we don't. <clears throat> Aside from our, our standard job, we do trying to keep all the boxes clean of dead bait and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it definitely depends on the, the quality of the bait when you get it. Yeah. But one of the biggest tips you can do is just, Load it as light as you can. Get what you can, but definitely keep it as light as you can get away with. Gotcha. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest issues we see with private boats is people just putting too much. Mm-hmm. More than they for can. sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you ever give them a heads up saying, hey, probably not a good idea to put any more on? Absolutely. All the time. All, yeah. Almost everyone will tell them that that's probably not a good idea. We'll tell <laughs> We're pretty honest and straightforward with people, whether the bait, we think it's going to be able to take that, with, like the quality of the bait itself. Mm-hmm. We usually will we'll tell you. 
what's up with it because we don't want your bait dying either. Yeah. 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 We definitely don't oversell because that doesn't work for nobody. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Hey, dude, that that tank right there is not going to hold two. Just go with one. As as far as not a problem. Yeah. As far as bait quality goes, first you know, compared to June, compared to like right now and all that stuff, it's been pretty steady, more or less steady. Uh, steady Steen and all that stuff versus Chovy and all that? Yeah. For the most part, I think the last couple of years, it's been pretty steady with uh, sardine. I think we've been looking at smaller sardine, you know, like four to six inch the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, during winter, you know, they do make sets of Chovy, and that does help out with the uh, half-day boats and people fishing local. But for the last couple of years, it's been pri- primarily sardine, which is good. And if you get that smaller sardine size, mm-hmm. that's pretty a versatile bait. You could go catch Dorado. You could kill calicos you know what i mean that's that's mm-hmm. an ideal bait nice. yeah and usually i mean that's primo bait to where it's like it's it's almost the size of a chovy yeah. but it's hardier yeah for exactly. sure and yeah. when the water temp's cool that thing will that'll run you know what i mean yeah. yeah yeah awesome guys well let's go into background jonas let's start with you how did you end up at everingham and what what's what's your story man God, that was a while ago. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I was in. Uh, I went to High Tech High, and they okay. do an internship program your senior year. So if all your grades are good and everything's all situated, you get to go and do an internship at a real job. So I sent an email to the office, and I told them, uh, "Hi, this is my school. This is what the program is. Is there any way you guys could like mentor me as an intern?" And I had a meeting with our boss Jason and Lori, and they said, "We've never done this before, but okay, we'll do it." Mm-hmm. So I worked there for a couple months, kind of like the last part of high school, and then I loved it. Um, it was really cool. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a lot more work. It was, you know, they actually had me doing the 12-hour days and everything else, um, getting out there. I was doing office paperwork and nice. time card stuff, too. But mm-hmm. um, I did that, and then after high school, I, was, I did college for a little bit, and I said, I don't want to do this. I want to go back to the barge. <laughs> so I did, and then that's been it. Since 2013, yeah. I've been there 10 years. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Any experience on the sport boats, working on the, on the sport boats? Hell no. Absolutely <laughs> not. No. <laughs> no, I know I know a lot of those guys. We know mm-hmm. a lot of those guys. They're all very cool. But no, I never really got involved with that. Mm-hmm. Once you get involved with the bait barge, like Kenny knows and David knows, you're kind of like, this is kind of neat. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, you just kind of stay, stay put. Mm. So now, does working on the bait barge, is it completely different than working on the bait boat? Absolutely. Or is it kind of, yeah. oh, really? Okay, David so can they speak don't intermingle, huh? Yeah, well, both of us can. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kenny, Kenny used to work yeah. on the bait boat. Really? Mm-hmm. The barge is selling bait and maintaining the bait. Maintaining the pens. And, and taking care too. of the, the private customers and the sport boats. Mm-hmm. But going out and catching it, you're on your boat and gotcha. you go out. Stay out there until you catch it. For sure. More yeah. or less. On mm-hmm. the boat, it's just you, and it's a total of four guys. you got three crew members and a captain. Huh. It's just you guys. You don't ever deal with any customers. There's no nothing to it. So that a, just, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> no well, comment. It depends. <laughs> yeah. for, me, for me, it's a good thing. <laughs> I, I was on the barge, and now I'm on the boat, mm-hmm. and I prefer being on the boat. Yeah. I, I like the boats. It was... More of it is I have three kids, so mm-hmm. ah. um, the scheduling is like on the barge, you know, you can work a set schedule, mm-hmm. set days off. It wasn't necessarily a dislike or like to either one. It was just that it works for me, yeah, you know, for my personal life a little bit better. And yeah, it's just kind of how it's worked out. So nice. that makes sense. With the barge. That makes sense. 
Very cool. I mean, when it comes to being on the boat and all that stuff, are you out for long periods of time or is it just really just day trips? The mo- day trips. The yeah. most I've spent on the boat was a total of like uh, 24, 25 hours. Oh, wow. That's like the longest I've ran on one of our boats. I'd say a typical day is 12. I've done yeah. 36. <laughs> there like, was yeah. there was one time I was working on I wouldn't the, doubt it. <laughs> I was working on the barge and Kenny was still on the boats at that point and those guys looked like zombies. They were pale, <laughs> they were white. I went and I got burritos for them and cigarettes and Mountain Dew and all the energy drinks and everything. Those guys were dying. I felt very bad. I was like, oh my yeah, god, dude. I was on the barge at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Just fishing sucked at that point. Yeah, it's just the demand gets mm-hmm. higher than the supply. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it always seems when the busiest weeks happen, you'll have either a bunch of die-off at a, a, a one or both barges, mm-hmm. or you'll just have the busiest week of the year, and then one one boat rips their net up one day on, mm-hmm. on a Saturday. Oh. They're back at the dock. You got one boat fishing for two barges. We usually keep one boat up in Dana Point, and they just take care of that. Oh, okay. But so then you sometimes you're running on one boat for all of San Diego's boxes and mission bay oh my gosh so you catch a load go in unload turn around go back out that's a lot of work i had a question about that i mean like does does demand ever override supply does ever you know run dry with bait and how does intel work you guys always communicating with each other and yeah we walk a fine line at times yeah (laughs) for sure wow we we come close sometimes you have to ration like it's i've seen it from the boat perspective and then my first year working on the barge we had a point where we were serving cash sales down at the very end of the barge having to limit everyone to a scoop and a half wow wow and it was just super busy but that's the way it is fishing's not good for the bait boats you know it's Mm -hmm. just we we walked out really fine line sometimes interesting i know in san diego bay you have the sport boat side and then the cash side and all that stuff do you guys have a preference on what side you like to work best sport boats yeah. <laughs> Easy, quick, done. You it's know, all self-service for them, right? Pretty much. You put them on a lid. If, if most of the time it works out, it looks good, and then that's it. They take care of everything else. You're just kind of sorting it and managing it. Um, there are definitely times where it's not ideal bait, and you have to go through it with them and see what's going to work for their trip and mm-hmm. kind of go from there. Uh, so I have, to, I, have, I have a very technical question. I know when, you know, just – Hearing on the radio and all that stuff, it's like, okay, point side, north side, yeah. and then specific boxes and all that. Yeah. How the hell do you tell that? We have a list. We have yeah. a list. It's pretty comprehensive. It does take a little bit of time to learn and get it used to. The San mm-hmm. Diego list is more complex. There's uh, essentially four areas where you could get bait. Um, cash sales, long range, outside north and outside south. Um but really, you're only worrying about outside south and outside north for the sport boats. So it kind of gets easier. And then point sides, just point loma side, channel sides, the channel to the bay. So mm-hmm. you, you get, you know, you, you learn, but it all starts with your list. And it just breaks down what, ba- what bait boat brought what, what kind of bait, when, what size it is. Um, sometimes you save stuff depending on which kind of uh, boat is going out, which kind of trip. So mm-hmm. it does take time to learn, but it's all right. Mission Bay is a lot simpler, yeah. 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 Is there a, uh, like kind of like almost like a, like a long range schedule as to, okay, you know, a boat's leaving on a 10 day. So you need to kind of save that boat, that mm-hmm. bait for that trip. Exactly. Absolutely. Hmm. Yep. How, how does that go? Like it, as far as priority goes, cause you have multiple long range trips going, leaving on the same day or same week or whatnot. 
At Mission Bay, it's a lot easier. We pretty much have Aliar on the Polaris Supreme. He's mm-hmm. going to be the one that's going to be doing the you know more longer trips, and we do allocate bait for him. But the part of that that's difficult is okay. You could save good bait, and then water conditions, red tide comes in, the water temp goes up, and then okay, mm-hmm. you save that stuff for a week, and now it looks terrible. Yeah, and we got to find a different plan B. Um, but yeah, we definitely communicate with the landings, get a list from them about who's going when. Um, and try our best to save and allocate. But at the end of the day, you know, it is a, a live product and there's so many factors that could change things where you have to just adapt and go with it. And for the most part, we're very fortunate in Mission Bay with our captains. They're very uh, approachable and chill. You know, yeah, there's nice. a level of respect there that's appreciated on both ends for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, just just based off of memory, I haven't been to the to the Mission Bay barge in quite a while, but there's like a barbecue out there and all that. It was like a sweet setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry to blow it. your cover, but it looked, I want to spend some time out there. <laughs> it's very fun. It's part of, honestly, jokes aside, it's part of the reason why I've been with the company for so mm-hmm. long. Pretty much if, you know, we're very fortunate at Mission Bay in particular. Once we get our boats out and we get our cash customers out, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty, we get to do a lot of cool things. Fish off the barge, um, cook. Uh, this year we kind of tightened down on our budget, so we haven't been cooking as much. But um, it's very cool. It's neat. You're working with people mm-hmm. that you like and trust and respect, and you guys know each other. You know each other's families, and you know, hey, I'm bringing a, you know, ribs today, or I'm you know, Kenny does the best ribs I've ever had, oh. honestly. Um, especially after working for four hours straight, not sitting down, not getting any water or anything. I was like, oh, give me those ribs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very cool. It's 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 a privilege to work for the company. It's a privilege to work at Mission mm-hmm. Bay for sure. So. A big part of that, too, is, you know, work, the guys you work with, as long as you're on top of everything. It mm-hmm. takes a little effort. It goes a long way there. You can have all your business taken care of, keep up on everything. Mm-hmm. As long as you just make a little effort to stay on top of stuff, you have a lot of freedom. Yeah. You know, just keep it all together. It yeah. sounds like basically the mornings, you know, say 5 a.m. from for what, 9 a.m. or whatever, it's your big, busiest time. But then after that, it's kind of just chill the rest of the day until the sport boats, I think. It depends on the level of like maintenance stuff we have to do. Yeah. Because you know, we, we, all the lids that are over the boxes, we build all those, we paint them, we scoop all the dead off the top of every box every day. Because mm-hmm. that's a big factor in keeping stuff alive. You have dead bait. That's another thing for private boats, too. Yeah. Keep the dead baits out of your tank. So I was going to ask, you know, why, though? Is it the scales? Is it, does it like fin rot or kind of what? Why does dead bait make more bait die? There's a couple reasons. Specifically, when you're talking about the barge, um, they'll sit there on the bottom and they'll fester. And then it creates gases and other stuff. And it kind of mm. basically sucks out the oxygen and all the nutrients and stuff they need to live. But also, if it's just dead and it's kind of floating around, they'll hit into each other. So then mm, that'll gotcha. damage it, too. Mm. Um, in your tank, you want to make sure you get the dead out of there for the same reasons. You don't want your dead just floating around and mm. eating the rest out of, of, of your bait. But More or less, I, was, I have a few things to say. But as the same. Once the fish dies, it, it's letting all this stuff off. Just as a person dies, like all their mm-hmm. stuff oh, yeah. is toxins. Done. Exactly. And that's a big part of like having the fish live in especially in a a private boater's tank or mm-hmm. even a or even a sport boat. Mm-hmm. And uh Dago going back a little bit mm-hmm. in San Diego, the sport boats like long range and even on the outside, it's almost first come, first serve. Because these guys are over here in Mission Bay, but then there's times where you know you have X amount of of long range, X amount of these guys. And you don't want to give everybody just like 
oh, it is first come, first serve, but, like, you want to kind of make it fair. Like, hey, dude, you get a good box and a decent box, and then we'll mm -hmm. go from there. Totally. At least, you know, I got five boats. Let's try to hook them all up to the yeah, same. For sure. And there's a lot of factors out there of mm -hmm. how it runs, and then definitely San Diego is a little lot a lot different than Mission Bay. Yeah, they don't have a grill or a Traeger or yeah. any of those things. They're very busy working. Yeah. <laughs> that and... Yeah, they could, though. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of factors in it, like you guys were yeah. saying. Interesting. Now, could you guys explain the whole curing process to me? Because I've gone on a couple long-range trips, and they always talk about the cured bait, right? What exactly does that mean? I'll take this one. <laughs> Cured bait is probably the most misunderstood aspect of uh, our industry. So the technical definition is different than the practical definition. The technical definition is like bait that's had time to sit there for about a week or two. It's rejuvenated from being caught, and it's really high quality. It's probably the best quality it's going to be. The way we do it is, first, of, first and foremost, we try to cure out all our bait. Now, given the conditions that we're talking about, whether it's more sport boats are running or more cash customers... Most of the time, cured bait simply isn't available, especially and particularly during the summer. There's just no mm. way that we could cure stuff. The turnaround, we're lucky if stuff gets to sit for two days, but that doesn't mean that you can't get good quality bait after a day or two. Sometimes the water temperature's right, uh, it's cold, the bait you know, was loaded really good off the bait boat. Um, sometimes they make a set right out front, pretty much you know, off our jetty, and then they bring it in. So it was only on the boat for you know, whatever, an hour. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if that. So those are circumstances where technically it's not cured, but it's extremely high quality, it's very strong, and it's gonna be really good for uh, your trip. But the thing that cash customers need to keep in mind is that we're gonna find boxes that have time, as much time as we can to sell to you for the general public. Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes we give it to them, you know, it just got unloaded, and that's not ideal, but mm -hmm. there's really no reason to sit there and ask for cured bait because we're going to make an effort to get you guys out on something that's going to live. That's good for you. It's good for us. Um, yeah, there's just there's a lot of misunderstandings about Fantastic. it. Fantastic. It's almost like yeah, a given at that up. point. That's great. Yeah, we, we're trying. We really try. We, we don't get a chance that often to, you know. And then the other thing is the way we do it as a company is we sell it in three scoop minimum. So if you go up mm -hmm. to the barge and you're like, I would, I would like to purchase cured bait, you have to buy three scoops. And I'm looking at your tank and you got a half scoop tank. So it's <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. And we sell it $10 more expensive than regular price. So it's, what, $65 per scoop times mm -hmm. three. So I'm like, dude, you're just, I mean, come on, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's, got it's it. Not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. If, um, you're, if you're a big boat and say you're going to travel further than normal mm -hmm. then maybe you want to ask for that yeah yeah you know david brings up a good point if you're on a big boat and like a lot of people sometimes go down south to baja or wherever they're going um even just you know ensenada or whatever sometimes they'll call the office they'll ask and check in which is always okay but they'll the office will talk to us and we'll let them know like well how much are they going to buy you know what's going to you know and those are instances where People are like buying 15 scoops. It's yeah, not, yeah. you know what I mean? They're loading up pretty much like a sport boat would, and they mm -hmm. want to make sure that they have stuff that's going to live. So mm -hmm. that's not an everyday occurrence. That's, you know, a couple times a month. Mm -hmm. So what's the scientific definition of, of a scoop? Five pounds. Five pounds? It's, yeah. No, well, 10 pounds. Really? 10, 10 pounds for one full scoop, five pounds for a half yeah. scoop. So that's regardless of the size of bait. That's regardless of quality, anything. It's 
10 mm-hmm. pounds for a full scoop, five pounds for a half scoop. Never knew that. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. good to know. Yeah. Sometimes you get, you know, like two and a half scoops, you know, it's yeah. actually a half scoop, but the bait's really small. Yes. So. Right. If it's small, you'll get a lot more pieces for sure. Mm-hmm. If you were to not put it in a tank and just put it in a bucket empty and weigh it, like you, it kind of puts things in perspective because sometimes people are like, come on, you didn't give me that much. And you're like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, but <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it, huh. it weighs out. We're yeah, very sure. generous yeah. with our scoops. Like if if realistically, we're probably supposed to give probably like a half or a three quarter pass, and mm-hmm. that's supposed to be a half scoop. So if you're getting two and a half passes, two and a quarter passes, two passes, yeah, it's yeah. probably closer to eight pounds, nine pounds than yeah. than five pounds for a half scoop. The the people that really recognize that is the lobster guys, and they come out and they're like, oh, we'll just do a half, and they're looking at it, and it's like ten baits, and they're like. I'm like, dude, if I weighed that right now, that's probably six pounds. You, I should take some out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually, it, it, you know, I always thought it's always like, okay, three or four passes. That's about a scoop yeah. or so. Or, But it really just depends on the weight yeah. rather than. If you want to be scientific about it, it's the weight. But we, you know, we, we're fishermen too. We know how it goes. We, may, mm-hmm. we want to make sure you have enough. Um, and most of the times, in most circumstances, a scoop is probably fine for what your trip is. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. David, let's move on to you, man. What's your background and uh, how'd you get uh, to the company? So I have my background is I fished like as a kid, as anybody normally does, grows Mm -hmm. up and fishes, done plenty of jobs in my life. And uh, my brother worked for the company and somehow I got that's how I got in here. Nice. Started off in maintenance, went to the barge and then moved to the boat. Mm hmm. And uh, out of everything I've done in my life, yeah, this is the most, I enjoy this the most. Nice. No sport boat experience, I'm guessing. No, no. <laughs> no desire. <laughs> I have, may, it might be there. Oh, but yeah. personally, personally, I've never, I've been on a few sport boats. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like freshwater fisherman. Oh, never okay. really like nice. Saltwater and stuff. I've been out of half days, a full day. Mm-hmm. But it's like I've never haven't really gotten out there nice so you're more freshwater yeah nice what kind of fishing do you like to do favorite lakes all that oh man that's a tough one <laughs> we've got time <laughs> uh, <laughs> preferably i like to go for bass okay um so anywhere bass are available trout done some trout fishing that's fun too nice Prefer bass and i'd say colorado river is like my go-to Oh, very cool. Very cool. Have so, you been out this year yet? Yeah. Yeah, okay. but haven't made it quite. Well, I guess I did on one occasion. But we've been hitting out um, El Centro and the canals out there. That's doing fun fishing. fishing. Don't tell them the spots, David. Come on. <laughs> they don't know where it is. <laughs> but we've been doing striper fishing, doing very well out there. Okay. And uh, have a blast out there. That You know, that brings up a good point. As far as, you know, with you being the bait guys and all that, how often do you guys get to go out fit and fish? On the boat, you don't. No. Like, if you if it's good out there, you're busy. Yeah, like, yeah. And then when you get the time, maybe a boat's not running mm-hmm. or the fish aren't there. Kind yeah. of, you, it's a give and take on being it's on the like boat. It's kind of like when you're at mm-hmm. the beach, fishing sucks, but when fishing's really good, you're busy working. Yeah. There you go, yeah. 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 We we get asked all the time, and we we'd love to go, but it's like it's like Kenny's got his kids. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. We're all exhausted. We're doing sixty hours out there, if not more. Mm-hmm. You know, we stink. 
It's yep. just, uh, you just want to go home, shower, and go to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there, we try to go out there, especially during the season, maybe once a month if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's oh, a, always a good opportunity. I was going to ask you, what's like the schedule? What's the rotation? Is are they are they like twelve hour shifts or night shifts or yeah. whatnot? Everything twelve hour shifts. Uh, some people do four a.m. to four p.m. Other people do eight a.m. to eight p.m. Um, I do night shift. I do eight p.m. to eight a.m. Some people do four p uh, four p.m. to four a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's considered a vessel by the Coast Guard, so somebody always has to be on the bait barge uh, at all times. Regardless of weather, regardless of whatever's going on, the only one day a year where nobody's there is Christmas. Really? Yeah. So yeah. 364 days a year, um, 24-7. Regardless of weather conditions, somebody's yeah. on the barge? The, this last oh, hurricane yeah. that came up. Yeah, the hurricane. Oh, yeah. How was that? Well, me and David had fun. but <laughs> <laughs> David came out, we got pizza, and we were just sitting there watching movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. It's tough. It's definitely there's times where you're hearing creaking and like chains are wriggling, and you're like, "Did we tie that off? What's happened?" And then you go back, and you're like, mm. "We're missing stuff." I guess the wind took it. I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I don't even know what storm it was, but it was prior when I was on the barge in San Diego, and there was a storm, and this um, another coworker and me were out there. And on the outside south, so you guys are familiar with the barge, I'm sure, yeah. but for mm-hmm. people listening, like you got one string, which would be to your south, and one string, two, two separate barges, and the outside, as waves would come through, every lid would just pop. Jesus. And that, which means like the lids, like the dogs can get in there or the bait could get out, which mm-hmm. I guess they'd have to jump. Maybe not. And anyhow, uh, you're out there very seldom mm-hmm. trying to put all lids back together. Winds hitting your face. Uh, <laughs> it was interesting. Not the a fun storms time. are not yeah. fun. Jesus. Oh, man. It's just maintenance. It's just keeping the, the hatches pretty much locked down. Yeah. That's wild. So you bring up a good point, the dogs. Yeah. They're, uh, they're pretty much almost like a, uh, a year-round resident, it seems like. They are. They cause hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage to our infrastructure annually. Um, we specifically make some of our lids that we're talking about for our boxes heavier with 4x4 four four lumber as opposed to 2x4 lumber just because we know that they're going to be at the end and uh, weighing everything down. One of them or two of them is fine, but when you have the whole family there, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't take much to break 2x4s in that case. Yeah. Um, it gets easier during winter. There's not so much, but... Pretty much year round, they're they're there, yeah. How do you fend them off? Like, is it just basically you just have to go at them and you're you're fearless? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, essentially. So, do you have an altercation? <laughs> so you never gotten bit by a seal? For yeah. sure, is in the past, yeah. Really? I think none Not of us. I know of, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's been aggressive ones in the past where you have to watch out and you're like, ooh, walk. really? There's there's legal things that we could do like paintballs, um, like mm-hmm. lights. Um, blunt objects and stuff like that but you know we can't hurt them but we could definitely deter them for the most part but Mm -hmm. as anybody knows okay you shoot them away and then 10 minutes later they call back now okay so i don't know if this is in mission bay but in san diego but you have those seal like cruises the tour boats do you i mean does that kind of inferior uh, do they just make their circle around and just take pictures of the seals and that's it i mean is it 
They do. They should pay us, but they that don't. Say, do they? Yeah, that's hilarious. They don't. As far as I know, they don't. Yeah. I've been in unloading bay. I've been in. I can't. I can't imagine how many videos and pictures. Oh no way! <laughs> so funny. It makes you feel like you're a sea lion, you know. <laughs> you're part of the exhibit. Yeah. Like it's I'm, a zoo. <laughs> I make an effort to like turn the other way at that point. Like. <laughs> Oh, man. And so basically they're just kind of an annoyance. They're an annoyance. We try our best, but yeah. you know, as long as there's food there, they're going to uh, they're gonna be around. And it's like I, actually on the way up here, I was talking with Kenny and David how at Mission Bay right now there's not that many of them, but mm-hmm. the ones that we do have are blowing bubbles in at the bottom of the boxes, and that disturbs and disrupts the bait. So now mm-hmm. you have a good box that came in. The water temperature is good. It's like 66. Everything's good, and they're blowing bubbles to scare the bait so it jumps out of the cage. But in doing so, it just damages that whole box. And they were doing it all last night. I, was, I worked last night. They were wow. doing it the entire night. And it's like, we had good bait, and now it's getting ruined by the sea lions. So That's it's wild. very challenging. Yeah. It basically just causes the bait to stress the whole time. and then Exactly. It yeah. doesn't get a chance to sit down, relax, recuperate. It's just like always agitated by them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If it's not one thing, it's the other, it seems Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you get a bad half scoop, don't blame us. Blame the ceiling. <laughs> it's, not, it's not our fault. <laughs> oh, man. Well, when it comes to bait maintenance on the barge and and, um, and all that, I mean, you you obviously don't feed them no, or anything no. like that. But what's what's the best way really on your guys' end to keep them alive other than just to let them sit, chill, damn near run them a bath, all that stuff? Kenny mentioned it, cleaning the dead. Cleaning the cleaning dead has been. Yeah. And I mean, our every year we, we pick them up out of the water and clean them too. We, we mm-hmm. do our best. We can't really do that in the middle of summer as much as we would like to, yeah. you know, pull them up and clean them. But having a, because we, we either have to have our maintenance bars there or a bait boat has to come to pick it up with the crane. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep a certain amount of boxes empty. But in the summertime, we have so many boats coming in and out. We need every box we have, yeah. you know, to be able to keep up with the demand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we can't really do that in the middle of summer. But, like, this year we did it in April. Our boxes have stayed fairly clean on the growth. Mm-hmm. And that, that helps a lot because that growth will suck a lot of the oxygen and stuff out of the out of the water right there, you know, for the bait. Yeah. Sure. Um, aside from that, cleaning dead is a big one. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want, you know, as much, we, we go through twice a day, hit every single lid on every box. Mm-hmm. Takes a while, but yeah, know, that's that's the best we can do. We've had times in the past where we'll try it when the water gets hot especially Mission Bay. Oh, yeah. We don't mm-hmm. have nearly as much flow mm-hmm. from that rock jetty there where the lifeguards are that blocks off a lot of flow for us. Mm-hmm. So what we in the past, we've had all kinds of contraptions. We've done like submersible pumps that go down deep and shoot water up to the top to try. Yeah. And we've done, we've tried a million things and mm-hmm. it's hard to say what helps and what doesn't, but uh, cleaning the dead for sure does. Yeah. And we, we've, we've tried, we try everything. <laughs> we, we do everything we can. So the pumps kind of leads me to a question. So I've heard that there's a difference between East Coast and West Coast bait tanks. Have you guys heard anything about this? Like there's a live well versus a bait tank. Like is it a is it a flow thing or, or why is one better than the other? That I'm not 100% certain on because I don't know what East Coast bait yeah. tanks are. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know if it's East Coast. But Smaller? Uh, the flow? I'm not sure. Like, huh, I'm okay. not really sure I know how the live wells on bass boats even operate. Are those like aerators or are they actual... Is it like, plumbed? Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm really not sure. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm on the same note as all you guys. Like, yeah. I know there's a difference, but 
I'm not too familiar with All that. I know is that you just don't want to use an East Coast bait because it kills all your sardines. So I just, think it's yeah. typically smaller if it's on the East Coast. It's yeah. typically a, You want to get away with the biggest bait tank you can. That doesn't mean you want to take as much bait as you can every time, but mm-hmm. if you have a large bait tank and you have good quality bait, you know, take what you need and then that's, you know, mm-hmm. a recipe for success. But cool. the biggest you can get away with. But we've seen everything. PVC pipes. People bring like a Tupperware container, and oh, they come kayakers. back like ten. Yeah, the kayakers bring the most. You know, they're creative, ingenious huh? things. I was <laughs> going to say, what what's the most like ingenious thing that you that you've ever seen before? One I one that I liked was a, a five gallon bucket with holes, and it was like set into the water, but on a boogie board. Mm-hmm. No way. Oh, really? Oh, that's pretty that's good. That's similar to what I was yeah. thinking. There's <laughs> yeah. one similar to that, but they had the pool noodles. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, you know, I, I come back. I come from the six pack world and all that. So bait pump is a kind of a huge deal. I've used everything from the stupid rule pumps all the way up to the pool pumps and all that. Is there a solution that you guys recommend at all? Just stay on top of it. Make sure that if if you know if you have a bait tank and you know what it is have a spare bait pump on on handley because we've heard so many times people you know oh i had a you know i was launched and everything that i had to run back to west marine and go get you know another yeah. one um or my bait rolled on yeah. the way out yeah um just make sure you maintain it clean it at the end of the trip there's been other times we have to sit there and wait because like oh god phil you didn't get all the stuff out of there and it's like okay well oh, i'm not yeah. gonna wait for you for 30 <laughs> minutes you gotta get out of here and go, go back in line yeah it seems, it seems to me that, it, I mean, more flow is better. Granted, yeah. I don't yeah. know what a top end of that would be, mm-hmm. you know, as far as gallons per hour goes, but I know more flow is better. Cool. You know, more water you can move through there, the more oxygen they'll have. Makes sense. Better for the bait. I will say, if if you're a boat owner out there, just just spend the money, pull pump. Yeah. That's just I've heard that before, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, we, we did that once, and it was, I mean, our bait problems went away. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. It ran off the generator, so all you had to do was keep that on. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about batteries or, you know, airs in the, or the you know, air in the system and all that. Yeah. All right. that. Doesn't have to prime, yeah. 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 Um, you know, you kind of touch on it. Long lines yes. in the summer and all that. Yes. When's the best time to go get bait and how do you avoid the lines and what's the longest line you've ever seen before? <laughs> At Mission Bay probably in twenty fifteen, probably back to the bridge, maybe. No Back to the bridge? Way. Yeah, that's when it was like fishing was closed. Well, that's when they were catching yellowtail off the jetty rocks. You know? oh, yeah. That's like, when there was like the Wahoo Wahoo out yeah. yeah, yeah. There was like all sorts of crazy stuff fishing going on. Fishing was stupid. So, yeah. Jesus, um, waiting like two hours to get bait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the lines are what they are. Specifically yeah. in Mission Bay, we don't have the privilege of just having a cash section. So most of the time you'll see us and we're only serving from one side. Um, and... A line's accumulating, and that's because we know on our end that a bait boat's on their way. So we have to leave that whole section clear for the bait boat while they're unloading. Oh, um, so we're limited in our capacity for how much we could actually like open up two lines. If we have a chance, we will always open up two sides. But mm-hmm. if you're ever in line and you're sitting there and you're like, what the hell are these guys doing? We've heard it before. They're like, <laughs> what the hell are these guys doing? There's four guys. There's two guys working. One guy's just uh, farting around over there. No. <laughs> we know where our bait boats are. We're keeping track of them. We know in like 30 minutes we're going to have to unload bait. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. we with that time constraint, we can't open up two sides. Mm-hmm. Um but we try. I mean, we definitely put in a lot of effort. Can't and we, we move as, as quick as we can, too. We're trying. Yeah. We're calling the next boat in. Because a, mm-hmm. a lot of the time is spent waiting for the next boat to park. Yes. To slide up. You know, we, we try and tell everyone, like, you know, get it going, get it going. You know, yeah. we're, I'm looking at the line. I'm, I'm 
I'm looking, I'll see a boat pull into the line and I'll wait for them to get there so I can mm -hmm. kind of gauge how long it's taken oh, us to sure. get everyone out. And also there's been a lot of, I, I've just seen some shenanigans going on of guys oh, trying yeah. to pull up, especially oh, yeah. when there's like a current or whatever going along the bait barge yeah. and you're kind of <laughs> new to, you know, your boat. It yeah. can get, it takes time sometimes. Yeah. They don't have Like bumpers. three or four times. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't have right? lines. Also another thing, people jumping like their Hercules from oh, the oh, yeah. to the barge. <laughs> That's a big no-no. <laughs> there's n almost never, a, there's no, there's never a circle circumstance where that's needed <laughs> we'll grab your boat it's okay oh okay no do so you, do you guys mind people jumping off or do you just prefer not technically we're not supposed to have anybody on the barge mm -hmm. for any reason now what we tell people is we'll get your boat and then you just throw a leg off and just hold your boat off yeah. um, just kind of keep it steady if we have to recrowd or whatever um there are circumstances where it's definitely okay if you get off for a second just hold your boat while we're doing what we got to do yeah mm -hmm. but for the most part there's no reason we've seen injuries and people it's slip as safely ourselves. as safely as you can do it really yeah. like if you can get parked nice and simple and step right off and hold it that's mm -hmm. cool yeah you know, sometimes that helps out but definitely don't like want to be jumping off the bow <laughs> onto the barge that's just asking for trouble yeah, yeah for sure yeah. a lot of the people getting off barefoot too i wouldn't recommend oh them. no oh i've seen yeah. that yeah. and i'm like what are you why doing? would you staff infections yeah, yeah everything it's like yeah. yeah, we wear rubber boots. We wear extra toughs every day we go to work, yeah. and even just putting that in the car is just like ugh. you take it off, you switch with your sneakers, and you're just like, dude, get this away from me. I don't know how these people do this barefoot. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah, for sure. Ugh, gross. Well, that's cool. I mean, with um, gosh, just thinking through the whole process between parking the boat, uh, just you know, dealing with people and all that stuff. There's plenty of uh, opportunity for stupidity and all that. Yes. I have to ask, have you guys found yourselves on, like, qualified captain or anything, like, from pe stupid people doing stuff on the barge? No. I mean, no. I, we, we, we'll we just yell at people. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you try to be cool. One of the things I want to drive home is that, like, it might not look like we're doing much. And like I just mentioned right now, when there's a line, there's two guys, like, scooping and, you know, yeah. whatever. But there's so much to the operation that people don't see. Nobody sees what David and, uh, on the boats did and... What, mm -hmm. what Kenny used to do. Mm -hmm. Nobody understands, like, I just heard a sport boat call. I need to put them on a box. Like, you need to move your boat or, you know, whatever circumstance. So yeah. um, it's we try to be patient with people. I think our company could do a better job to educating people and kind of getting them accustomed to it, especially at Mission Bay. We're going to deal with the majority of new people boating just because mm -hmm. we have yeah. we're close right there. That's a bunch of launch ramps and stuff. Um, on our website, baitbarge.com, if you go to the tab, it's baitsense. Uh, S E N S E. Um, it, it has a whole web page right there of like recommendations, how to approach the barge, make sure your tank's on, oh. bring cash. Don't come out here with the Venmo. <laughs> yes. and don't come out here with <laughs> Kenny, a credit card. Yeah. yeah. Kenny's put many people in their place when, Hey bro, can I Venmo you? And Kenny's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing we can do besides cash. It, Absolutely. You can, I've gone back and forth with people 15 yeah. times and I mm -hmm. get it. You I mean, you're trying to go fishing you might have just waited 30 minutes in line yeah, all to find out that you don't have cash for bait. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. It's tough, but there's nothing I can do about it. It's Seriously. really not my call. Right, you know, right. That's all we take. Baitbarge.com. That's bait. a super good resource. Base, bait sense. That yeah. I'm going to recommend that to people for sure at yeah. the shop. We'd like, appreciate it. That would be awesome. Yeah. Just, yeah. It, it, it just It helps people just kind of figure out or just know kind of – or have the sense that they know what they're doing when approaching right. the bait barge. It's intimidating, for sure. And the arrows, even. You yeah. know, people show up mm. on the wrong side. And they have yes. to go all the way around. They lose their place in line or whatever. It's yes. like... And yeah. then they freak out on us. And it's like, dude, yes. you went to the wrong side. No. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of time where I'm unloading the 
our boat and people roll up and they're looking at you like, where's my bait? And yeah. like, no, it's the side. Yeah. Hey, 40 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. it's that easy. So you guys do have clearly marked arrows, and especially in San Diego, I think. And yeah. usually it depends on one or one side or the other. Yes. Is there a method to that madness or whatnot? Or is it? No. And it's definitely, we, we take a skiff, obviously, from the landing to the bait barge every day. And even for us, it's an optical illusion. We have to park on the opposite side of where we're serving cash. So there's room for boats. And even mm-hmm. with us, it's like, where the hell, where's that fucking arrow? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you have to just get close and kind of see. And then mm-hmm. you want to go where the arrow is. And even if you don't see an attendant there or whatever, it's, it's probably going to be where the arrow is. Unless you hear from a barge guy that tells you, hey, go to the other side. We just moved or whatever's going on. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Is it always, is it true where it's like you just have to go on the opposite side of the skiff? Most of the time, 99% of the time, that will be correct. Yeah. Yeah. There are circumstances where we move the skiff because we have a bait boat or something else is going on or whatever. Mm -hmm. But 99% of the time, we're going to be serving cash on the opposite side of where our skiff is tied up. Gotcha. The way way I look at it, or if if I were coming in, um, if there's a line ultimately get in line yeah if there's not and you can get close enough hopefully somebody's out there and you can kind of say okay he's on this side or that side Mm -hmm. and then last case scenario look for the arrow that will usually put you in their spot yeah yeah kenny let's move on to you man what's your background and uh, tell us your story um i i grew up around the industry when mm-hmm. I was a little kid, my my dad worked on some of the boats. He would trade uh, flooring work on some of them and, and kind mm-hmm. of fish trade for work. And my mom and sisters did the bunks on a lot of them nice. between mm-hmm. trips. So I kind of grew up around it. Um, I didn't get to do a ton of fishing on those boats as I grew up, but um, I my brother-in-law has done it for a long time. My sister mm-hmm. kind of married into the industry too. and uh, Nice. So I, I did, I, I went on the half days a good amount as a kid. And then as I, I, I mean, I turned 18 I was kind of working, and I was just doing whatever. I was moving furniture for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother-in-law, he worked on long range. He worked on the Independence for a long time, and then he ended up actually working at the bait company. He was running one of the boats. Oh, nice. Then so he was like, yeah, if you want to do it. Like, I, I actually went on a one. I did a seven-day with him when I was 18, kind of inexperienced, you know, just kind of pinheaded that trip. And mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. And once he ended up going to the bait company, ultimately he was like, yeah, dude, send an application. Go, and so I did. I did an interview and it mm-hmm. went straight onto the boats. Cool. Did the boats for four, four or five seasons, and okay. that, it's cool. It's just you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough schedule and everything with, with mm-hmm. kids and stuff. And ended up at, on the barge during COVID. Actually, hmm. a lot oh, of really? guys they kind of we had to like you know kind of cut some schedules down and we weren't fishing. No one mm-hmm. was fishing. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. How we was didn't, that? We didn't have to catch a lot of bait. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, they kind of put a lot of the boat crews on the barge and we, you know, we had to cut some schedules down. So we were out there and then as stuff kind of picked back up, we, I had been, we had been training people and stuff. So it was almost like a little like middle ground where I was, where there was an extra guy. Essentially I had just finished training a guy to, to mm-hmm. do my job and I was kind of going up to the next thing, but we still had plenty of crew on the boat. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I, I was doing the barge schedule and I was, it was, you know, working out really nice for, you know, my, my, my family and everything. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, Hey, is it cool if I just kind of stick around here? And yeah. It worked out, you know, that's very not, nice. that's very uh, atypical of the company. Normally if you, you start at the barge and you end up on the boats, you know, it's not, I don't know that I know anyone that's done 
done the opposite. The opposite, yeah, yeah exactly. But, I was going to ask you, is there like a pecking order or a way to do things as far as, um, you know, seniority or whatnot, or is it just kind of everyone pitching in wherever they can? There's a rigid uh, structure. <laughs> <laughs> a rigid. <laughs> no, I mean, jokes aside, kind of, yeah. You start mm-hmm. out, and most people have the same experience that David did, where uh, you just do maintenance, you know, for a little bit of time, and then an opening comes up. You're basically just waiting for an opening, and mm-hmm. that's somebody else moved or whatever's going on, and you usually come to the barge. You're doing the worst schedule, which is usually 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. It's it's not mm. it's just bad because that's all the work and it's just it's it's long. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the time you're done at 8 p.m., all the stores are closed. So it's like yep. okay, let me just go to, go to bed and then I'll wake up to work tomorrow. So the day shift is actually the worst shift. That specific shift is probably the most challenging. We give mm-hmm. that to the younger kids because it's like you know they they could do it. They're out of yeah. high school. They got nothing going on. Like you know you're gonna work the eight to eights, bud. But <laughs> It's good in the sense that you get people that are fresh and green. I did that shift for many years, and mm-hmm. you learn the whole op- operation of the boat. You know, when the, how to unload a bait boat, how to deal with sport boat and stuff. So then, you know, you do that for a while. An opening comes up, and then you start doing 4 a.m.s to 4 p.m.s typically. Mm-hmm. And then most people stay there because that's a doable schedule. You have to wake up early, but at least you go home, you make it, you know, yeah. for dinner. Still and got half a day, basically. You got half a day to do what you want to do. Um, so there is a pecking order and we definitely try it's, it's, it makes sense. It's Mm -hmm. definitely not everybody's cup of tea. Some people struggle with it, but, um, the way we do it is it usually makes sense. And it's good to have experience and maintenance too. So when you do get to the barge, you're helpful, you know, like, Oh, I know how to replace that. I did that when I was at the shop or I know how to sew now. So Mm -hmm. I could repair a crowder net or a scoop net or whatever. I was going to say, do you, uh, does the barge actually present a lot of opportunities to learn a whole bunch of trades? I think so. Like that. Kenny's worked other places. I've never worked anywhere else, so I have no idea. But <laughs> Kenny and David are very experienced there's, with their job. I mean, there's I've definitely learned a lot of things I on the boats mm-hmm. more so because you deal I mean, it's a boat, just like any other boat. Yeah. Stuff breaks a lot. And especially on those, mm-hmm. you have a lot of hydraulic systems and a lot of a lot of working parts. So things break a lot. So mm-hmm. you end up fixing a lot of things that you're probably not from, quite familiar with yet, especially diesel engines, generators, mm-hmm. pumps. We have, you know, we have we hold for, you know, 45 boxes of bait. I was going to say, those have to be tanks. massive bait pumps. They're very big <laughs> bait pumps. And there's also only four of you guys on board. So all of you have to know, right? you know, right. Uh, at least hold your own in terms of, you know, exactly. maintenance and stuff. Yeah. So you, you pick up a lot of things. It's, and which I'm sure a lot could transfer to other things. Grant, I haven't done anything else since I started. So I, yeah. it's hard mm-hmm. to say what mm-hmm. would necessarily transfer, but I have learned a lot of things working at the company for sure mm-hmm. that I didn't know before. Hmm. Interesting. So let's talk about fishing. Do you guys, I know, you know, on the very short amount of off, off days that you guys do have, David, we kind of learned that you're a freshwater guy. What about you, Jonas? Do you get to go fish out often? And what kind of fishing do you like? David's my fishing partner. So when we're not okay. doing podcasts, we're fishing. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are. Um, yeah. we, we, it's kind of, I mean, if I get a chance and I have the time and mm-hmm. if I have a day off afterwards, then I'll definitely make a saltwater trip and go tear up Dorado or whatever's going on. But mm-hmm. me and David do like uh, freshwater fishing a lot um, whenever we find the time to do it. It's diff- it's a different tempo. It's a different, it's more mellow. It's not so like, you know, high strong, high stress. Because mm-hmm. how many times have you been on a sport boat? It's like 3 p.m. They got like 45 minutes left before we go back. Nothing's happened all day. And it's like, yep. I could have been at work. I don't know. <laughs> I'm stressed out. No. So it's, we get into a lot of trouble going in uh, freshwater fishing, finding stuff to do and get into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dude, on the, on that subject of what you just said of the freshwater 
and then being on a sport boat or even being on a six pack, like sometimes it's more stressful being on a six, a littler boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah. because it's, I guess, tinier and it's only probably six of you guys. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I know a lot of long range captains or just sport boat captains in general that like only fish largemouth in the off season. Yeah. And, and I think mm. it's because it's such a change in sort of scenery and dynamic and yeah. everything is calm and peaceful and quiet you know and you got to really focus on your technique and stuff so yeah. it it you know it, it lends itself to you know like you know pure fishermen and especially going off the bait boat where you're t- constantly stressed of what the sardines are doing or whatever i'm sure it's great to go on the lake and just you know catch some stripers or a smallmouth or whatever absolutely yeah definitely um in my mind if you're freshwater there's a lot more finesse yeah. than yeah. going out in the ocean. For sure. So that's mm. kind of a nice thing as well. Like like you just pointed out, like you're paying attention to this and make sure I do this. Yeah. And I think you can a, dial it in when you're in freshwater a little bit more. You're not so much subjected to the elements with salt water. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Oh, the weather's been bad or, you know, like they kind of move south or whatever. Like, you know, if you find like a little batch of trout or whatever's going on, you kind of like, okay, let me try this lure. Let me try this, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah, that makes sense. Kenny, what about you, man? You mentioned that you've gone on a couple long range trips before. I, I like all of it. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not very good at a lot of it, but <laughs> <laughs> I like all, I like freshwater. I, lo- I love bass fishing. Mm-hmm. Trout fishing, I'm trying to get a little better at that so I can actually catch some. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, same here. definitely going out and, you know, catching tuna and just offshore stuff is definitely a favorite of mine. All the above. Yeah. Nice. I like it all, but I do. I like going out on the sport boats. I like going out. Pri- this year, I've got to do my first few, like, good private boat trips. Oh, nice. And that's that's Neat. been really fun. It's it's really cool when you actually get on, you know, get on a bike and it's just a couple of you. Nice. Oh, you know, right. Got to bring out some family who's never done it before, which is oh, always rad. Cool. Hook a few, hand them off, you know, just watch them get whooped. It's really fun. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, also, the, the sport, uh, a couple of years ago, my uh, my dad and brother-in-law actually uh, bought the old Thunderbird and brought oh, the nice. down here. Yeah. Oh, the T-Bird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the T, yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. I'm, I've, yeah, that's my dad. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm junior. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I've got to go out, you know, a little more. It, yeah. When I was on the bait boats, we didn't get to go. I didn't get to go too much. You know, it's hard to jump on overnight when you don't know if you're fishing the night until For the sure. day of. Right. But I got to right. go out a few times, and um, it's I, the the amount we get to go. It, you know, it really depends a lot on your personal life too. Sure. If I didn't have kids, I'd probably be fishing almost all my days off. But <laughs> I get I get to go enough, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, I love it, man. I love getting out there when tuna fishing's good. I mm-hmm. love that little the small yellow fin. I love that. That stuff's really oh, yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. I got broke off on the only hundred pounder that I've had near the boat, so that's unfortunate. So I haven't got to cross the hundred oh, mark no. yet, but I'll get back to that. For Did sure. you get to see it at least? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's oh. right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's right it's there. the worst, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was right there. I don't know if it's off subject, but it's something Kenny was talking about that I think people in general, mm-hmm. if you don't fish and you got a um, itch for it, go out on a half day. Yeah. And just see how it is and then go from there. Like start down there at the half day boats and work your way to the long range. Yeah. That's, that's how I got started. And you know what? My dad, so I got three brothers and my dad grew up fishing. He was like a pinhead when he was like 13 or 14 and like grew up doing it. He grew up in Marina Del Rey and brought all my brothers fishing. I'm like third in line. And my oldest brother sort of liked it. 
and middle brother, absolutely not. When I went on my half day, like the first half day boat, I was like, this is it. Yeah. Like, this is the coolest thing I've <laughs> ever done. So it's funny. Like, the half day whole experience is awesome, especially for kids. Or, or you could be really any age, though. Yeah. And it's super cool. And you just get out there, and if, especially if it's good fishing, go in June or July. Yeah. You can have an awesome time. And it's a great way to just kind of introduce yourself to saltwater fishing that otherwise would have been really difficult to get into. Because you either need to have a boat or know somebody with a boat. Yeah. So, like, anybody listening that doesn't fish, get out, get out there. Seriously. And then, like you just said, like, you go out on any of the half days, the Dolphin, the Premier, mm-hmm. Daily Double, or any of those guys out in San Diego or even Mission Bay. I don't know. New Seaforth. New Seaforth. New <laughs> Seaforth. Yeah, I've actually been on their boat, so yeah, that should have been a shout out too. <laughs> um, it it brings that whole opportunity of like, mm-hmm. let's let's go seriously. That's what, yeah, that's what the whole CCA is trying to you know advocate should... for, trying to keep the sport boats around. You Absolutely. know, yeah. Something yeah. that I think is really underrated too is going on a twilight trip. Twilight yes. trips, oh yeah, they're Absolutely. usually a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. There's usually a little bit less people. It's more fun if you're a kid. You're all, you know, like up. You're, you know, it's late at night. They still have the galley and stuff. And the Me fish, and David. The fish can snap. Too. Yeah, exactly. It can be phenomenal calico fishing. People do not uh, utilize that enough, I think. I think twilights are super fun. It's usually a lighter crowd. It's re- If you got kids, I, I'd pretty much exclusively take them on a twilight. You know what I mean? Like you have time. The deckhands mm-hmm. will focus on you and your kids. You know what For I mean? sure. I like deck that. Deckhands are a big help in all that, too. Yeah. For sure. Like, yeah. don't go there intimidated and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. There's people there that will instruct you and help you out big time. Yeah, I, I think that says a lot, too. Over, I mean, I remember growing up, you know, in the industry and all that, where, you know, you, you hear those stories about the old salty deckhands. Yeah. And, you know, they just don't give, they don't give two shits about anything. Yeah. But now the whole focus on customer service, it's like night and day now compared to, say, 10, 20 years ago. And I think those people phased out. A lot of the deckhands are either me and Kenny's age or a little bit younger. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they're just as passionate as we are and they're cool. And You know what I mean? Like For sure. Yeah. They're experienced. They know what's going on. They're not dicks. Yeah. A lot yeah. of six-pack captains younger than us now, we're starting to notice. <laughs> Isn't that scary? <laughs> we're aging out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, you guys talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna ask. So uh, you don't have to name names, but when it comes to all the but all the sport boats, the six packs, the private boats, and all that, do you guys have your favorites? Absolutely. Yeah. And, <laughs> and more importantly, you're not so fam- favorites. Whoever lets us on for free is our favorite. <laughs> there you go. Good point. Good point. No. We're really privileged in Mission Bay. We have a good mm-hmm. group of captains. All these guys are really good. I've known them for years. Um, we all work with them really good. And when thing, a good captain is somebody when the bait's not looking good, they'll work with you and we'll make a plan to get them out on what we can. Mm-hmm. So Matt Brawla is really good. Booger, uh, Ryan, um, all those guys. Shorty on the new C Fourth, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. We've known them for a while. They're you know we're pretty much coworkers at this point. They're really cool guys. And just like David said, it can't be uh, stated enough. Those guys will help you if you don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? It's, you don't mm-hmm. have to feel intimidated. You don't rent the rods, get all the gear that they tell you to get, and then go out there and just go make a day out of it. Yeah. As far as San Diego goes, when I worked out there, I don't remember names. You definitely have your favorites and whatnot, but you try to play all those guys equally the same mm-hmm. and kind of expect for them to play you the same. 
Yeah. There are a few guys that are a little more pain in the ass than <laughs> others. <laughs> but it's like, when they come, like I said earlier, it's first come, first serve, or at least I'm going to try to get you on the best that I can get. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to... I'm not trying to tell you, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. Mm -hmm. And if you can work with me, I'll work with you. There's some people who want to be more like, you got to have something better than this or that. Mm -hmm. And if we could all just work together, it'd be a much better time. There's definitely the dudes that they will work with you. And there's guys that want to complain and Mm -hmm. stop complaining (laughs) and work with us. There's almost like this thing. Sometimes it seems like they think you're like out to get them or you like you yeah. don't want oh, them to yeah. take good bait and it's like that's, it's in all of our best interest to give everyone the best bait that we have available you're playing that's on the exactly same team you know yeah. this is like, the only product we sell we want yeah. you to get out we don't sell anything else we don't spend our time doing anything else i got a team of six guys at mission bay working 60 hours a week minimum mm-hmm. all day every day thinking about this the entire time they're at work we're all putting a lot of effort to make sure that you get out on what we can the biggest secret is when they go oh and i, I know you got something better if we did, I'd give it to you. You know what I mean? Like, what am, who am I holding it on for? Santa Claus? Dude, I'll give you the best bait I can. I that's, that's, there's no secret. No? That's where the, like, favorite part, like, there is no really mm-hmm. favorite because, like, mm-hmm. you're not saving bait for a favorite. Yeah. Doing we, it the correct way, it really goes by your length of trip, you know, mm-hmm. how many passengers you have, things like that. There's that. That's really it. We, we give you the best possible bait we can that makes sense. Mm-hmm. for the pecking order of trip lengths and stuff. It's not necessarily the guy or the boat itself. It's It really boils down to what makes sense. You yeah, know, if someone's sure. going on a seven-day, they're going to need something a little different than someone going on an overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's that's for sure. Because they're paying, and you got to think, too, when you're paying percentage, you're paying a lot more money for a seven-day for the bait than you are for an overnight. That's fair. Very true. Well, that's that fair. Too, you're, you want them to, you're going on a night, I'll give you this bait. It will last the night. Yeah. You go oh, yeah. seven days. This bait will last you seven days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what about, uh, do you guys ever net squid when it's ever in the area? Just fin bait? What's what's the deal with squid? I heard, we've, I've, since I've been in the company, we've never caught it. But yeah. I've heard <laughs> that they tried it out once upon a time and it gunked up the boxes. I've heard that uh, happens. You got to have like almost special boxes or something. It kind of like didn't work out. So huh. maybe at once upon a time they tried it out through our company. I I wasn't around for that, so I have no mm. idea. This is just... Yeah, for sure. We'll get it as bycatch, find. but they those guys don't go out and just specifically catch it. But every once in a while, if you see it, it's like, you know, it was around the school of sardine that they said. Mm-hmm. That and, makes sense because if like up north you'll hear about squid availability and all that but yeah. not so much in san diego no my understanding is that like exactly what david's saying is that they'll breed and then they'll lay their eggs and then they die oh yeah those and, eggs are yeah. like little, it's like jelly almost they get stuck on the bottom and you yeah. have to remove it it's a it's a yeah. whole process and then they rot pretty quickly it's yep. not something that like last you know like that it's all right so yeah i think it's more it's just not something we really do so also hmm. i mean what about you know if you have like a bad batch of bait it all dies do you guys do you use freeze bait to package that all at all? Or is it just live? Like, just live. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, our, That makes sense. I think the permitting and stuff is all exclusive to selling a live product. Live so bait. We don't do any kind of freezing, keeping, or anything. We Got it. Keep hmm. it live, sell it live. Cool. Interesting. Worst, worst case scenario, if it worst case scenario, if it is that bad, we try to get rid of it and 
And just Let start it go fresh. On its way, yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Like David's saying, we'll dump bait too. That's something that maybe once in a blue moon you'll see us do. We'll because our interest is to make sure it's live. So if it's already kind of like halfway dying, we have no yeah. problem. Just okay, dump this, and then you know we're getting a load today. So hopefully it turns around. At and that then, point, it probably is more uh, detrimental to your live bait rather than absolutely. To, yeah. And hopefully, what you're dumping stays live. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go ahead, be. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, man. Um, you know, speaking of favorite boats and all that stuff, it's always a good thing to bring some goodies for you guys because obviously you guys can't just run to the 7-Eleven on the corner and all that. You're kind of stuck on an island. Right. Do you guys have any preferences as to what people uh, bring out to you, whether it's Red Bull or just snacks or No whatever? yum yum donuts. It has to be Mary's donuts <laughs> or... <laughs> well, only, only East County people would get Mary's donuts. <laughs> no yum yum, no. We appreciate anything anybody brings us. Um, Gatorades sure. are always good when we're sitting there mm-hmm. dying and cranking out a line. Um, if you do bring food, you know, it's like, it's nice that it's already, you know, packaged and it's not like open or whatever. Like sometimes people come and give us like donuts. It's like, okay, well you ate like eight of them. <laughs> and now we're, I'm splitting a maple bar with Kenny over here in the morning. Um, no, we appreciate anything. Sense. Anything's always appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I was running my boats and all that stuff, I would always try and bring Red Bull for you guys. Cause yeah. typically that's. I got a lot of requests for Red Bull. That's a lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, and then just random like pizzas. Yeah. Pizza Nova pizzas. And oh, all yeah. That. Pizza Nova's oh, delicious. Yeah. Oh, I'll take right. a Pizza Nova. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, very cool. This has been awesome, man. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, any anything else, any tips or tricks, anything that is going to serve? Because obviously we kind of touched on it earlier where it all comes full circle. Yeah. You guys or us as the anglers work with you guys, you work with us and all that. Anything that is kind of, you know, it seems pretty obvious to you guys, but not so obvious for anglers and all that stuff, the things that we can improve on and on how to, you know, just get in, get out and and everyone go on their merry way. Go catch fish. Um, one thing I'll say is just be patient. Sometimes you get in there and the bait's not ideal and you mm-hmm. know, like like we're talking about, we try to get the best stuff we can going out to you guys. That's not always the case. Um, but the good thing is the next time you come out, it's going to be a completely different bait. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it could be a lot better. It could be the same. It could be different. Um, we do have a Facebook page where we post, uh, our bait report, what we, what we're serving. It's not always updated, but we try to update it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you could check on there beforehand, but there's no guarantees. There's no promises. Sometimes <laughs> it'll say four to six inch and you come out and it's a big mackerel. Um, I was going to say, how often does that get recycled and all that? Like typically, or how... I guess, how quickly can it change? I mean, we go through cash boxes and, like, we could change. You could go through five different types of bait in one morning if that's just wow. how it's been wow. dropped yeah. off. In And especially, like, how David's saying, when he's fishing every day, that's a different load of bait every day for us. Mm-hmm. So if, if you put out a – if you look on Facebook and you're like, oh, it's five, seven-inch sardine, but by the time you get out there, it, it could change. It could it be become anything. different. Mm-hmm. The boxes can change within a half hour, depending how busy it is. Yeah. Um, hmm. Because from how how busy it is is the main factor, I would say. Yeah. That you can go through a, dip, a bunch of different type of bait real quick. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So do you guys like? Would you take a phone call and like 
give current bait reports, or is that like a big no-no? Absolutely you do not. not call don't call even call, don't call the bait <laughs> no. boat. No, don't call, don't yell, hey, what do you guys got from your boat? No, no don't get on is. the radio, none of that. No, it is big it non-starter. Is. Yep. The, the best thing you could do is look on uh, Facebook. You could call our office. Um, I wouldn't do that frequently because they don't really know. They'd have to call us. So the mm-hmm. best thing is going to be on Facebook. But like David's saying, it changes you know, very quickly. We're going to give you the best bait we can mm-hmm. every day. So just go out there with an open mind yeah. and bring different work. hooks. Yeah. Make it work. Oh, right? yeah. Bring you a know, variety of hooks. The three hooks you really need is just a size 2, a 1.0, and a 2.0. That covers 99% of the bait we're going to have. Every once in a while, we get Dino Dick Dean, but that's when you need a 6.0, <laughs> triple Mutu. That was recent. That was recent. That was a recent. That was, that was a tough sell. the biggest sardines I've ever seen. When four fish equal one, you know, one half scoop, yeah. five pounds, it's kind of like, and they're like, that's all? Dude, <laughs> you could put one of those and weigh it, dude. That's like a pound right there. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's tricky. Oh man! <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, David. You caught it. <laughs> More likely. Yeah, oh, we had man. some pretty, pretty large stuff this year for sure. Speaking biggest of biggest sardine I've ever seen. I don't, know, I don't know if it was a herring or a sardine, but we caught one of the biggest sardines slash herring I've ever seen. <laughs> Two weeks ago, that thing must have weighed. Pound and a half. No way. This big and this fat. Freaking 17 inch. Like like a 17, 18 inch. We we measured him. He was 14 inch. No way. What? And probably like. Three inches thick. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to pull some line. He's got it on like six pounds. Holy crap. Oh my gosh. Look at that. That's insane. Let me see if it's. I've I've seen Jack's not that big. That's insane. That is a unit. Oh my sardine. gosh! So it's thirteen, not fourteen, Jesus but thirteen. Christ, dude, you're not Close kidding. enough. <laughs> Does it look like the first sardine or what, dude? <laughs> dude Jesus Christ! But yeah. So oh my god! I don't know where that came. That guy. Where we came with this one. But, <laughs> you know, I was just about to ask what was the most interesting thing that you've caught off the barge, but I think you just showed it to me. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen something that big. That's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I do have to ask, this time of year on the barge and all that stuff, are you typically catching – well, I guess on the in San Diego, you're probably catching a lot of spotties, maybe some calicos and all that. What about Mission Bay? Is it still the, more or less the same thing? The secret of Mission Bay is around this time of year, if you fish a reverse dropper loop with squid, you could catch some ginormous stingrays. Mm-hmm. Um People don't really do that because they're all, you know, just like fishing for, you know, whatever, spotties and everything. Right. Um, like I said, unfortunately, this year it hasn't really been that good. But you could catch ginormous, like, 100-pound stingrays. The other day, really? a new guy caught a big one. I hooked one, um, actually, in San Diego Bay, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. Huge. And it wasn't a battery. It was a stingray. Yeah. That no. was, like, six foot in diameter. It, yeah. Maybe oh. not. But it was no, it was, probably, big, yeah. it was huge, dude. Yeah. I have never seen one that big before. And it was round. And it yeah. just... I, I snagged it on like a, a crankbait yeah. and it just dude it just went out to deep water. I had no chance. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. If you bring a heavy setup, like you know, a good forty pound setup, something you'd bring for tuna, you could 
fish a reverse dropper loop on the bottom and catch them. We've seen them one time. I think I was with Kenny, and the water quality was super clear, and the tide was low, and the, mm. our boxes were basically like touching the bottom. And you and we threw like chunk bait on the bottom, and you could see them just come, and oh, just yeah. like bring up all the dust and everything, and they just eat all the bait. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. We huh. usually get stretches at Mission Bay in the summer where the water warms up, mm-hmm. and that's when like we've. In like 2020, 2021, we had little stretches of really good like Bonita and Barracuda like mm, swimming yeah. around the basin. Like nice. every morning, right when the sun cracked, you could catch like almost wide open. Like little, we use little tiny cool snipers and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Is there ever a story of like the big like 20-pound halibut being caught on the dead stick off the barge? I caught a 42-inch halibut. No way. At San Diego in February. Um, and that's another secret. This Usually, year? no, that was way back. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a huge one, dude. Yeah, that's pretty nice. big. Um, talking about like this year, though. Like, no, this know. year. <laughs> there's nothing this year. But yeah, usually February is when bigger halibut cruise through there. Um, hmm. We don't get a ton in Mission Bay. No, huh. we don't have too much luck on the halibut. Same thing when the water warms up. That's spotty start biting too. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like all or nothing in Mission Bay. It seems. You can mm. like you can, easily, you can easily you can easily fish off the barge too. all day and not catch anything wow. at certain times of the year, but you, even on live bait, like you still you could you could set that thing on a clicker and mm-hmm. pull it up four hours later and bait's still on there. <laughs> huh. Wow! <laughs> but then when the water gets warm or just certain things change, it'll be really good. You can catch all the spotties you want. When we get chovy, when we get yeah. when we get a load of chovy and not just one, but we've had chovy for like a week or two, it usually turns on all of the spotties and all that kind of stuff. Because it leaks. Mm. It, the, this really small chovy can leak out of the boxes. Yeah. So that, yeah. that stuff, you're kind of basically chumming the basin. That makes yeah. sense. Twenty four seven. That makes sense. Huh. Interesting. Do you guys have a temp gauge in the barge by chance? Yes, absolutely. That's something that we monitor <clears throat> daily, sometimes hourly. Mm-hmm. It's just a regular digital aquarium thermometer, but um, it at least gives us you know about a foot's worth of what the temperature is, and that's really important. Our boxes at Mission Bay are 15 feet. At San Diego, they're only 10 feet deep. But ours are deeper because, like Kenny was saying, we don't get that much flow. Mm. So it gives them a little bit more chance to stay in the cooler water column. Um, mm. But, I mean, we've seen temperatures up to, what, like 72, 73? This year or No, overall? just overall. 75? 75 Jeez. degrees. Jeez. Nothing's going to live at that, that temperature. bad year. Yeah. Right oh now it's gosh. about 66, 67, so it's pretty good. So this is huh. kind of more for the bait-making side, but is there, like, certain conditions that – like lead to really good bait making like if you like see you know at the time of the year or like water clarity or temperatures are, you know you see stuff and you're like oh it's gonna be on like no no it's it's all about there's so many conditions out there when you're catching it that the water can temp one and the wake and the wind and how much you got to pull the boat. Because while I run the skiff, so I'm keeping the net and the boat from getting into each other. Mm-hmm. So, like, are you dragging the net? Are you banging up the fish? There's many, many factors that play into it, all having nice fish. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But as far as condition, like conditions for finding them, it I haven't noticed anything super... Specific. I mean, granted, I haven't ran the boat. I bet if we were talking to a captain, they might he'd probably have more. a little more things to say on that side of it. Like but I can't recall that. anything specific that said, oh, okay, like this this looks good. Like 
we're going to get them. It's Interesting. It's basically just a year-round thing. You're just going out there and just getting on them. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, what's the whole process? Because I know you have the skiff and then the nets and all that stuff, but what goes into actually like getting bait or wrapping bait? So basically you... 90% of it's at night. Where mm-hmm. Ideally, it'd all be at night because you leave at night. So hopefully right. you're getting into them in the dark. That's ideal because they're not going to see the net. They're not going to – it's it's just better to get them in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and they're not all busted up from any, you know, predator, you know, whatever, all yeah. that. Um, but, so you're basically running off sonar during mm-hmm. at night, sonar schools. You basically just get set up on them. You got, a, you got the skiff on the back that's attached to the net on a spool on the back of the boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, – you kind of get set up on the school. The captain kind of gets like what direction they're going by watching them on the sonar. See, and then you get set up on them and you let go of the skiff. Skiff drops into the water and you just unroll net. It's like probably about, a, I think about a quarter mile mm-hmm. long. You just get around them. The net, there's a lead line that drops the bottom of the net down and like a wall of webbing. And you just, the skiff comes around. You have a line on the skiff that you throw, you make a transfer and they make, and that sucks. So they, you pull that up and, uh, they pull that onto a winch, and the winch starts reeling in the bottom of the net. You mm. disconnect the skiff, and you just bring the skiff around, and you tow the boat while they roll the net on. Gotcha. Oh, and then there's a, there's a crane, right, that drops this massive bucket, right? And then is that how you scoop it, or how does the whole scooping that's, go? That's, that's another industry. Oh, really? Yeah, for us, we don't do that. No mm. kidding. Yeah. Our method is actually proprietary. We're yeah. the only co- bait company in the world that could load the bait uh, the way we do. Classified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, if, you, okay. if you go to like Redondo or yeah. any of those other ones, yeah, they'll drop okay. a bucket Because the way I, yeah. the only reason I say that is yeah. that there was this inside sport fishing episode all about bait making. And well, I think they were they up got in, it wrong. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but, show. <laughs> but I think they were somewhere up in LA, and they had this like gargantuan size scoop, like yeah. the most industrial size scoop. Yeah, they scoop. braille it. They braille yeah. it. Yeah. And, and I was like, man, that must beat the shit out of your bait, though. Yeah, we don't. We don't do it like that. Yeah. It does. Interesting. It's a lot different. Huh. Hmm. And uh, yeah, once you are in the skip, like for what Kenny and I did, um, or do. Once you get on the tow, you just keep the net and your boat out of, so they're not mashing together. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot to do with the how well the bait comes out too. Mm. Yeah, they were very like when you're when you're trying to load bait onto the boat and everything. You as a skiff guy, you have to keep the boat with the stern into the swell so that you're not you know going side to side banging mm-hmm. up the bait in the net or you know in the tanks or anything. So the bait's so, not smashing against the boat. Captains are very. Net. Captains are very conscious of everything like that that's going on with the bait. That's another thing, too. Like, captains, they're not trying to... If something's not right, they're not going to load it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, just dump it. Like, things have to be a particular way. And it goes all the way from us catching it to these guys giving it to you. Like, we're not trying to give you guys anything that's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the boats are time to time. It does. They're happen. just like any of us. They want everyone to get what they need. You know, that's yeah, their really. business. You know, yeah. you, you want everyone taken care of. There's been plenty of times I've been on the boat where we could go out and haul anchovy right outside the door and be done in eight hours, but we go up and turn right and go up. You know, fish off Tory Pines mm-hmm. for a, a day that's three times as long because that's where we go. That's where we need to go to get bigger sardine for the long range boats or. You know what I mean? So there's mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just get out there, haul whatever you can, and right. get done with your day. 
I was going to ask, has the majority of the bait the last at least few years has been in, all the way up close to the beach and all that? That's pretty standard. Yeah? Yeah. There's there, there's stretches throughout the year that are everything's different. Like, it, it changes in a day. One day you're fishing down by the border. The next day you're in Torrey Pines. But a lot of the time, like especially if you get to a point where the bait is pushing up onto the beach, mm. a lot, that's in, in the daytime that'll happen a lot because they're, they're getting away from you know, whatever predator, whatever stuff they're trying to get away from. They're kind of hiding in the surf, which we'll still get in there and wrap them up pretty close. Really? I've, I've been dropping the skiff almost on the other side of a breaking wave. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that freaking close? Oh, that's insane. I've had, because uh, on the, one of, when I started, we had, we got a new skiff my, my first year, I think, a, like a brand new skiff, one from, up from Alaska. Mm-hmm. It actually had an up and down on it, so I was able to oh, flip wow. that thing on, and I've been in like 11 foot. <laughs> that's while, insane. While towing the boat with the net in the water. Wow. You know, it's crazy, Tori, too, because, like, I'll go down there and, and surf fish, and there is, like, bait rippling throughout the entire yeah. surf line. Like, nowhere else, like, you know, around in San Diego. It's – the bait in there is thick. Yeah. And it makes sense, you know. That's kind of like – you like, ideally, we could fish below the point mm-hmm. right there and catch it every day right there. That'd yeah, be, well, yeah, That'd be sure. real nice, you know. And, and we mm-hmm. have stretches of that sometimes, but – if it we kind of work that, and then you'll work kind of down towards the border. We fish down right at the border. Those plenty. IB flats I've I've seen. Mm-hmm. I have a little boat, and I take my my skiff out there, and I've come across huge, huge bait balls. Yeah, it's right all over. just we south fish, of the jetty. We fish all of it from the border up to ocean side if need to be. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, depends, you know. Like we'll we're going wherever we wherever we have to go. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, typically it seems like Tory Pines is kind of where you end up if you're not finding it. You. Work all below the point. You're not getting any. Try Mission Beach. Try mm-hmm. out front there, and then up to Torrey Pines, and it's kind of the promised land. You know, yeah. <laughs> right it's all a, the time though. Not always, no. Was, I've we, spent plenty of time in Torrey Pines in the afternoon, still seeing nothing. <laughs> we made it up there the other day, and we got in a haul, and we got a couple tanks, but that was about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've done plenty of days. Like it's because it's tough too, because you get to that point in the day. It's a lot harder to catch it, or it's out. If it's in deeper water during the daytime, it's really tough. You can find mm. schools all you want, but trying to get it because if you're in shallow, the net's gonna hit the ground quick. They have nowhere to go. Mm, yeah. But if you're trying to fish them in, you know, hundred foot of water, it's basically it's nearly uncatchable during wow. the middle of the day. If you can mm. haul out in deep at night, you can. It's it's better, but but it, but yeah, it's as far as the middle of the day, Torrey Pines, mm. clear water. They see the net right away and they're out of there. So it's just for the visibility wise, why you guys fish in the nighttime? It's just because they can't; they're all disoriented. They can't yeah, and see I think the they're nets. and I think they're more. They're definitely more balt schooled up mm. and kind of just cruising around. For you sure, know, they're not on the run as much at night. I think is is kind of part of it. Like mm. I said, I, I you know I'm sure a captain would have a little better you know know into that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's that's a definitely a big part of it. Nice, yeah. nice. This might be a, a really weird question, but do you guys actually have to do boat work on the barge every summer or every winter, rather? No, we won't do boat work per se, but we will help out with our maintenance department. So these last couple of years when we've been down with crew members, we'll go to the shop that's in National City and we'll help whatever they're doing, whether it's building you know, uh, cages or mm-hmm. other barge infrastructure or whatever. So that's something that uh, barge guys do do. But in terms of boat work, it's pretty much that boat's crew that... That works yeah. on what they got to do. And for the barges, too, we take care of all of ours. We have plenty of maintenance we do ourselves, too, on mm-hmm. the barge. Like, we'll have the, either the, the maintenance guys will come to clean our cages, but we're out there with them, you know, helping pressure wash the yeah. cages. Mm-hmm. Or we're, we, I think last year or the year before, we 
took every collar up onto the maintenance barge, repainted them, yeah. put new mm-hmm. floats. So if we have the maintenance guys there, the barge guys, whoever's on shift, who goes out there to help them, we've done plenty of painting, building mm-hmm. lids, repairing crowders, making new crowders. You know, mm-hmm. There's always something you can find to do out there. Okay. It's, it's like the Golden Gate Bridge. You start on one end, and then by the time you're done, you know, with that, you go back to where you started. Oh, yeah. You never you fix it again. Yeah. 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 Never end. I, I, I could have sworn I've seen a couple years ago, I've seen the barge actually in the boatyard. On like the, house. The, the house, house. the San oh, Diego that's right. house. That's right. The San Diego house was in there for a while. Uh, Henry, who some people might know, was working on him pretty much, uh, pretty much rebuilt it. That thing was built in World War II in like really? 1945, 1946. And I don't think it may be a renovation in the 80s or something, but dang, he uh, a lot of termite damage, a lot of uh, wood replacement. He pretty much was uh, like the project manager for that, and he did uh, a really good job. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. The house. Very cool. Well, this has been awesome. This has been fascinating. I learned a lot Me about, too. yeah, I mean, I didn't realize how, I guess, complex it goes into basically having bait at the barge and the luxury that we have on the West Coast here. Yeah. It's remarkable. Can I do one more? Because you just reminded me of Henry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody listening, go to Henry and the Floating Barges, I believe, on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. And I'll give you a little insight of like, what we do. Henry think, and nice. the floating that barges. I, that was I, a, a Grundens. Is it Grundens? I think yeah, it was yeah. a Grundens. Oh, cool. Okay, okay yeah. yes. Yeah, we'll do. Okay, yeah. so yeah. it's associated with Grundens. Yeah. You see me unloading bait, too. Nice, nice. Well, you pro- I I know I've seen you, Jonas, for sure, on like Ollie's local knowledge, too, a couple Ollie's times. Ollie's a dick, just so everybody knows he's a dick. No. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I'm just kidding. He's a good guy. Everybody we work with is pretty much a good guy. Everybody that's been out there, I mean, it takes a lot to be in this industry. You know what I mean? It's a lot oh, of hours, yeah. it's a lot of stuff, but everybody we know is, is a good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ollie's good. That's one thing, too, like, right? If you're a fisherman, you can't take it. Get out of the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, uh, I'll ask. I'll ask this anyway, guys. Anything new and exciting coming up for the bait boys at all? Hopefully, vacation time. Yeah, uh, a slow winter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, I mean not that I could think of. Yeah, just your guys will, will always be there. Same old, yeah, same old. We we'll ain't be going there. nowhere. Nice, yeah. very cool. I think so. Right. Yeah, thank you guys very much. This is really very cool. Hey, thank you guys yeah, for coming. I know uh, time flew. It's always been an hour and a half. Wow. wow. Nice. It's crazy. So yeah, how much do we get quick. compensated for overtime? Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be. compensated Yep, yep. Well, seriously, guys, this has been awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, give us those uh, the web address one more time for the bait barge, and how do we get in contact with you and Facebook and all that? For sure. So it's baitbarge.com. That's our official web page. You can see a bunch of stuff on there, um, some of the history of our company. You could buy uh, merchandise like shirts and sweatshirts and hats and stuff. Mm. Um, if you're interested to know more about like you know best practices when you come to the barge, it's going to be that, uh, baitbarge.com, and then you go on the tab BaitSense, S-E-N-S-E, um, and that'll you know give you a whole – it's a big web page. It's got a bunch of tips and tricks, how to keep your bait alive, how to approach the barge. Um, what That's you clutch. Do. I never knew that existed. That's yeah, awesome. we, we we just did that maybe like in December or oh, okay, yeah, about a, a year ago, longer. maybe cool. maybe cool. a year or two ago, and uh, that's a helpful resource that we don't really uh, talk about enough that people could do uh, learn more about our company mm-hmm. and how we operate. So that, and then uh, what else? That's it. I don't know. <laughs> 
That's pretty much it. As far awesome. as that, yeah, the Facebook. Oh yeah. To, for the Bait update report. of, of mm-hmm. fish of what we're gonna serve is on a normal day where it's not. On a normal day, it'll be up to date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's a busy, busy day, then it might not be accurate. It, it might, yeah. and it's not gonna be far off. Yeah. But yeah. They might say. Four to five. When you get there, it's five to seven. Mm-hmm. Nothing's like, ever set in stone at the barge, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the arrows bit. are that lying, the skiff is lying. <laughs> <laughs> That's for 100% true. Yeah. I like, I like now, your mentality, Jonas. Just bring multiple hooks. That's all you need. Yeah. If That's you bring it. those three hooks, if you bring one pack of each of those, size mm-hmm. two, a 1.0, and a 2.0, you'll be prepared. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do you need anything else. If you're having to fish a six zero, because we only have mackerel, then it's not. It's going to be a tough day. But yeah, just bring those that three hooks, and that's fine. Very often. No, unless you have a whole bunch of what Kenny has in, on his phone. That <laughs> <you> just, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's scary. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming in. This has been thank awesome. You. Yeah, um, thank you yeah. for having us. Absolutely. We'll have to have you guys on again. I think in the following year, we're going to have some video and all that stuff. Yeah, so we'll cool. have to have you guys back for sure. Very cool. Right thank you, thank guys. you. Yeah, absolutely. Nate, fascinating stuff, man. Awesome stuff. Answered all the questions I had. So thank you so much for guys coming on in here. Stoked to see you guys hopefully on the barge sometime. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll be there. Yes. <laughs> I'll definitely have to pay you guys a visit because when I do, it means I'm fishing. That's it. That'd be nice. Yep, yep. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Once again, make sure to follow us on Instagram at CCA California. Uh, Go like and subscribe to us on the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you guys next week. Take care.